Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi, everybody. Today, um, I've got a lovely, lovely guest that I've recently met, Annette Dixon, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Uh, She also works with money, and I thought we would have a, a money conversation about how we've both come at money and what journeys we've been on, the experiences we've had with our clients, um, and just some general tidbits and tips and, and things that will, will help um, anybody listening. So welcome, Annette. Thanks so much. Lovely to be here. Great. Oh, it's so nice. We, we had a really long chat last week. And I was like, we need to do this you know, a bit more. There's, there's a lot of alignment in the sorts of, in the approach, the way we, we come at things. And, um, and we've come at from two different backgrounds, but um, we've, again, sort of come together in a, in a very similar way. So just tell us a little bit about, about you, Annette, and, and your story. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Alpha. Great to be here, like I said. And um, yeah, we had a great conversation and we both work with money and I think everyone works with money, but they just, some people know about it and some don't. And um, I think we all have to um, work out our relationship with money, whether we like money or we don't like money or what the, the, the sort of the judgments and the conditioning that we've had around money. And we're all, you know, we're all very different and we're all sort of the sum of of the habits that that we have created up until this point. And um, my background is in the mortgage and finance um, broking industry. So my husband and I um, set up a business together back in the early 2000s. And um, we were fairly young, we we're in our 20s. And we wanted to um, build wealth through property. So we decided we're both working in the finance industry independently. And then um, Fate had it that put us together and um, we ended up um, building our own business off the back of working together um, with with a financial planner, actually. This financial planner particularly um, worked not just for the share market, but also worked with property. So it was sort of unusual back in back in those days or even maybe now for financial planners to um, to work with property, because obviously, as you know, it's it's a much less regulated industry. Um, so he he did a bit of both. So we worked with him for a little while and, um, you know, he promised us equity in the business and, and that sort of didn't come to fruition. So that's when we decided, right, let's just, we've got nothing to lose. Let's just set up our own gig. Um, and off the back of that, we were able to um, build uh, or get into our first property. And he was sort of our mentor at the, at the time and helped us to, um, you know, uh, sort of pointed us in the right direction about where we were going to buy. And um, thanks to him and what, how he was able to help us, we were able to buy a really good property up on the Sunshine Coast. This was back in 2002. And it was really off the back of that that we were able to set up the business and then put the, put the equity that we had earned for, you know, within the first sort of 18 months um, into more property. So we were able to do sort of three things off the back of just taking that first step. Um, and taking that first step was really scary because even though, you know, we were in our 20s and so I suppose you've, you haven't got that much to lose in a sense. Um, it was still really scary for me because I was very much, I was very risk averse, whereas my husband was probably a lot more driven and a lot more just throw caution to the wind in a way and let, let's just do this, you know. 
Um, but I'd, I'd come from a very conservative background and um, a very much a background of, you know, get a good education, get a good job and um, be, you know, be a good citizen in the world and uh, go out and, um, you know, have a good job and, and buy a house and pay it off and, and live happily ever after. But unfortunately, those sort of days are gone, you know, and in the days in which our parents and our grandparents were able to um, support a family, usually on one income, and the mother or the wife was um, the one at home looking after the family and the children, and they were able to live a fairly comfortable life on one income. Um, those, like, those days are gone, unfortunately. So um, we're now faced with... Um, you know, mum and dad being in the workforce and having to do what they can to provide for themselves and their families. And then to get financially ahead, you've got to do even, even more and they've got to go the extra step. So that was very much what we were interested in doing and um, really rewriting the rules about how we were going to live our lives and using our finances and, and property as a means to that end. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's it's interesting, the, the journey and... You know, the sort of stereotypes that we've we've grown up with and when you get to a certain point because I I had a, a similar kind of thing it was very much my my grandmother and my mother came from sort of end of World War II in, in Europe and there was this this fear factor about oh no, no you got to get a good education you get a good job and then you stay there so when I when I left my first job after I think it was just two years, my grandmother was having heart palpitations because she's like, "Oh my gosh, what's that going to look like on your resume? You've only been there two years." And oh, no, no, off, off she went. I can still can still hear it. Um, but yeah, and then there's that you know you you save and you you buy a house to live in, and then then comes the whole idea of now that's that's not good enough. You can't just save and and that's kind of it. Um, and then property is is definitely very much part of the wealth building. Um, my direction has been more down shares and managed funds in particular. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to get your uh, your take on what's going on because obviously the, the property market has boomed <laughs> over the last few years. Um, what would you say to people who want to get into investing in property now? Yeah, great question. Um and one thing that's really important to remember when looking at the markets, whether it's shares or property or business or however um, you choose to invest, um, I very much take a, a long-term view, okay? So a lot of people today, it's sort of easy come, easy go. You know, they want to get into something because it happens to be booming now. Um, whereas, you know, when we bought property back in sort of early 2000s, um, the market was good and at the time you know early 2000s we just had the olympics and things were booming and when we learn about property we learn that it's actually has a cycle like everything um you've got your ups and downs but over the long term property um, and shares um do very well as a rule obviously there are nuances and there's different ways to invest and there's different um, strategies there's different markets and so it's having the education to know what you're doing. But in the long term, um, these assets are really what's going to help to grow your wealth over, over that long term. But what tends to happen is people will go into property because of the FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. Quick, I need to buy a property. Look how much it's, and it has. It's gone absolutely gangbusters in the last few years. You know, I think we've seen like 30% gains in most of the markets in Australia. And um, there's a lot of things that have been driving that. And so you really have to 
peel back the layers to see well what is it that's drive driving these 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 huge um, increases but typically um, if you go back to sort of world war um, world war two the increase has been on average about eight percent growth per year and that's fairly conservative when you look at the last as you say the last period of time um, so really it's about looking at it from a long-term approach and property is not as transactional as shares. Obviously, there's a lot more money to get into a property. So you've got all your costs and your stamp duties and your legal fees and, your, and, and all the government fees and charges and the lender fees and charges right through to when you sell. You've then got um, managing, um, sorry, uh, sales agent fees. You've potentially got some, some tax and some capital gains, depending on whether it's your own home or an investment. So the transaction fees are a lot higher. So it's not something that I would recommend you getting in and out of unless you're doing something like um, you're, you're becoming a, a renovation specialist and you're, you're buying and selling properties and that becomes your trading business. So you, you, your tax um, tends to um, work differently. So um, what I would say to people is look, look at um, getting into property as a long-term investment, so not something you're going to turn over quickly and try and make a quick buck because it's understanding the different markets. And there are different markets, um, and there's so many sort of um, macroeconomic as well as microeconomic um, events that are happening in the world that can affect the property market. But one thing I would say is that property is, you know, they call it safe as houses, and Banks will lend you um, typically up to 80% without insurance and right up to 95% with insurance. So they wouldn't be lending on something if they didn't think it was a, a good bet, right? So somebody's lending you something off the back of that. So that's they take that as security and they take that as their collateral and they're happy to lend you as long as you can service the loan, things like that. Um, one good thing about property um, is different to shares because people can leverage shares as well in the same way. But obviously, with with a share portfolio, as soon as your shares drop, so there goes your leverage and your 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 portfolio gets revalued, and you know you can be caught with your pants down, as for want of a better word, you know. Whereas with property, they the, the lender doesn't come back and revalue it every year. So as long as you're holding it over the long term, even if you can, even if the property market dips during that period. Um, as long as you're making your repayments, you can hang on to that property for the long term. And I very much feel that property is one of the most, one of the best ways for generational wealth because it's something you can hand down and pass through generations and to your family, to, to your children and to their children. So it's a very much a legacy asset and something that you can keep within the family um, over, over the generations. So um you know, they say the best time to buy property um, was yesterday. And I think that um, there's it's never too late um, to start your journey. And there are many different ways to get into property. But the, the biggest one is to make sure that you um, start to put a plan together in order to know how much you need to put towards the deposit. So that's the biggest factor I find is that people are just really lacking the knowledge and the structure around how to put that together. So that's where um, my coaching program has come in because over the years I found um, in my finance business that the younger, particularly the younger generation coming through were really wanting to buy property and knowing how to start their journey, but they just didn't know where to start. So I put a program together to help them to put the plan in place and teach them the money skills and what it need, what they need to do in order to be able to qualify to get into property because that's the hardest part. Once you're in 
then it's just a case of building and, you know, and putting the stepping stones in place in order for you to grow your portfolio, which is exactly where I started, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. That's And it's it's interesting when we talk investing, you, you hear or you see movies where there's lots of day traders or there's people who are jumping in on the phones and it's all very dramatic and lots of chuffs going on. They're watching the share market on a daily basis. Like, from a reality point of view, that just is not that's not what most of us experience. So when things like this happen now, and I get all these emails from, you know, the various sort of trading platforms were like, oh, you know, the share market's down. Oh, the ASX is down. We're entering a bear market instead of a bull market, which is, you know, heading downwards. And you think, yeah, okay, that's, that's only comes as, it only creates crisis if you need to sell right now. And if you have your plan in place and you've got some diversification in your portfolio, so you have other assets like property, for example, or even like cash-based assets that you can tap into if you need some cash, then none of that, what's going on, actually really impacts you all that much. And as far as interest rates go, I was reading something the other day and it says our official cash rate at the moment with the two increases is now 0.85%. In 2000, um, it was 17.5%, I think it was. It was Oh, no, 1990, sorry, it was 1990, 17.5%. I was like, oh, my God, and we're all freaking out about 0.85%. <laughs> I was like, to be honest, I'm more concerned about the fuel price and the energy price and yeah. groceries. There's there's lots of other things that are going up at a much more rapid rate. And then there's the food food security aspect of it as well. So, but I think that's the key. A couple of things that you you mentioned there, which I wanted to point out um, or reinforce, is the learning to know what you're doing so that you don't just kind of go into it blind. Um, so having having some education, um, which is what all this is about. This is, it's, it's the reason I think we're both doing what we're doing is to create that sort of financial literacy, or to help um, other people understand what it is. So that because we don't get taught this anywhere, we don't get taught it at school. Our, our parents probably fumbled along a little bit, probably like we did in the beginning. So it's it's about trying to create a, a measured plan in a way so that we understand what it is we want in our lives. And then the other thing that you mentioned earlier as well was risk profile, and I find that really interesting as well because you'll often find in a relationship there's usually the risk taker and then there's the risk adverse. Um, person in, in the relationship, and I'm 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 similar to you. I'm I'm more risk averse. I, I don't I don't like much debt, which is why I haven't really gone down the property route because I saw my parents buried in debt trying to build property portfolios, and then I had to unwind a lot of it when my father retired, and he just he made he lost a lot of money. Um, so I mean that again because he was fumbling around, he didn't actually do it intentionally. He just was like, oh, this place looks good. Oh, it's a good price. Oh, I'll grab it. And I'll put an interest-only loan on it for 10 years. And I was like that I look at it going, Dad, what were you thinking? Interest only for 10 years. <laughs> so it's things like that. So I think it's important um, for, our, for others to understand what it actually means. Um, and because I've also on the, on the interest-only side, I, I had some clients um, through the pandemic who actually reverted their home loans to interest-only because they needed the extra money during that period of time. And from my perspective for a very short period of time, like I would say maximum two years, if that, um, that, that would be the limit. What's, do you get people who, who bring up the concept of interest only, or do you just suggest principal and interest? 
Um, look, it's a good question. I think interest only has its place and it doesn't just come down to um, one or the other. It comes down to what's your strategy and what else do you have going on? So it's a bit like saying, should I fix my rate or should I keep it variable? I wish it could just be a, a one yes or no answer, but unfortunately it's not. And there's so many other things to take into consideration. So, for example, if you've got an investment property um, and you've got, but you've got your own home, which you're paying down the principal on, then there's nothing wrong with having interest only because you want to maximise your tax position on the investment property and keep your cash um, position um, as as um, as buoyant as possible to give you other options if you want to continue to invest or whether you want to redirect that cash flow into paying down your non-deductible home loan, which actually is usually more of an issue for people who have got their own home. And as we know, we can't, um, we can't deduct the, the interest off our own home. So it's actually better to redirect the, the, the savings onto, onto the home loan. So it really just depends what your strategy is, what's, whether you've got a home loan or not, whether you've got a portfolio, whether you're starting to um, or wanting to continue to build the portfolio and also at what phase are you at? So whether you're in your sort of building and accumulation phase or whether you're in the other end and you're in your lifestyle and you're in your consolidation phase where you want to start paying down debt and getting to that point of retirement. So it just depends where on your journey you are. Um, for us, um, in the early days, interest only all the way for us because we wanted to build a portfolio as quickly as possible and take advantage. Um, and back then, interest rates, as you say, they, they, were, they were sort of high in the 90s, but they came down, but they were still high compared to what they are today. I think our first loan that we took out in 2002 had a five in front of it. And I remember um, when we bought a home in Sydney in 2005, we were paying 8% at that time. So cash flow is a concern, especially if you've got a business as well, because you want to redirect the money into other things, into business, into growing, um, so that there are a lot of considerations. And I certainly think that interest only has its place. And it was certainly our strategy for probably the first 10 to 15 years of our um, property uh, property. Um, uh, journey um, and it still has a place in its our portfolio today yeah no and like you said having that strategy and structure my dad went interest only just as he retired and he was 10 years into retirement and was, he hadn't paid down anything on that unit so yeah. but lucky for him he got a capital gain so he could still pay it off and make some some gain from it but uh, yeah anyway I think it's but, really important, as you say you know like with your dad and not having a plan and a strategy and no I think idea. Yeah, had he have had that, he probably would have done so much, so much better in in his sort of, as you say, you know, but he was giving it a go. And I, I really admire people because you also do have to give it a go. But if you can, if you can combine strategy and plan with, a, you know, and sprinkle a little bit of risk taking on it, it's usually um, a much better <laughs> you know, magic formula. <laughs> well, it's not magic at all. It's, it's very measured. Um, yeah. So in terms of some, I suppose moving away a bit from the property angle and sort of the, the mental struggle or the, the, cause quite often we sort of think, oh, you know, I, I hear this a lot. Oh, I'm, I'm bad at money or I'm not good at maths or, you know, I just, I just don't have the, the stomach for investing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what's the, what are, what are the kind of stories that you hear from people and, and, 
does it differ with the age ages? Like, do you hear different things from people in their twenties versus people as they're you know progressing in life? What's what's your experience with that? Oh, it's everything. It's all in between. It's um, yeah, it, it's the full spectrum, the full gamut. And I don't think, I mean, age has a bit to do with it in terms of life experience, but also um, younger people are more malleable as well. And they're a lot more open to taking on new ideas and new ways of thinking. And I think, you know, the opposite can be true. Um, but, you know, having said that, I think I mentioned to you when we we're having our chat the other day that, um, you know, my target or more typical market is sort of that 25 to 45 year old bracket because, you know, they're, they're sort of the wealth creators, they're, they're the professionals, they're, you know, in the height of their career, they've got good incomes, they want to be able to do things. Um, but the other day I had a, um, a client in her mid-50s who was just starting her journey and she'd made a few decisions along the way, some some was successful, some not so successful for her financial future, but she was sort of stumbling through it. And then she came across my program and she's like, I just didn't know this sort of thing existed because she really wanted to get a handle on her, her mindset, her habits and pay down some debt. She had a property. She wanted to buy another property. So she was just as active as, as some 30 year olds that I've seen. So it sort of threw, you know, it threw everything up in the air. And I thought, well, maybe I don't have a, you know, maybe, I can help people in all spectrums of life. And it really does have a lot to do with their own mindset and their own, um, you know, what they, how they, they think of themselves and whether they think they they can do something or whether they think they can't. And usually that, you know, I think that's the famous Henry Ford saying, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. Um, And so it's, as I say, a lot of our conditioning around money comes through, our parents, um, how we grew up, um, and the age that we are now, you know, in our 40s, you know, we've got parents sort of in their 70s and 80s, and they were baby boomers. So they've they've lived through the war, or they're sorry, their parents have lived through the war. And so, you know, a lot of my conditioning came through what you were saying before, you know, like I remember my grandmother um, would run a bath for me and my sister when we were kids, and we would get, you know, two inches of water and that would sort of be it and they she'd sort of say well have a nice bath and I'd be like well you don't you think you need to turn the tap on a bit more because there's no water in here (laughs) you know and and that was sort of like that was that was the mentality you know they were on food stamps everything had to be rationed and so that was the sort of um that was the 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 environment that we grew up in and so we were very much taught the difference between needs and wants. And I think that's a really good skill to have. And I, I forever thank my, my dad for instilling that into me, you know, whereas when I went to ask him for something, he'd say, well, do you, do you, do you need it or do you just want it? And mm. I'd be like, well, what do you mean? So I had to learn to be a really good negotiator so I could get what I wanted. Yeah. But he also, as I say, he instilled that, that value in me, which was, you know, not to want something just for the sake of it and to realise that that thing isn't going to make you happy anyway. So in, a, in, a, in, a, in an indirect way, he sort of taught me the difference between, um, you know, not, not chasing things for just for material gain, mm. and actually growing things of value. And so I think that's where I got my, my, value, um, my values from. It was from mm-hmm. there. But then there were other things that he, he would do and say that I wouldn't agree with. And so I've had to really find who I am in this world 
and be, mm-hmm. be okay with that. And I've done that through my own self-development and my own education. So I think that's an absolute must um, to develop new habits and to not sort of fall short because I say this on my, I've, I've made a few videos on, on my, on my social media saying that we're absolutely all infinite beings, you know, full of so much potential and each and every one of us has got the same potential and it's just a case of unraveling that and finding it because it's in there, you know, and it's only what goes on between our ears that um, can create the limiting beliefs about ourselves and what we can achieve. So anything's possible and it's easy just to sit here and say that, but you have to put the work in and that's where the education comes in, you know, and, and taking some time in your day or in your week to find time for personal development and to find time for education on the topics of interest to you. And obviously we're talking about money and investing. Mm -hmm. So the first thing to do is get a, get a list of, um, you know, in my program, I give people a list of financial freedom reading, um, reading list. Mm -hmm. And on that, I I recommend certain books that, that have helped me just no end. And I sort of start at the beginning and then and then go through and so you know there's been so many books that have had a, a great effect on me but when you read as well as putting things into action that's when you really start to notice the difference and you're making those those you know exponential leaps forward yeah it's not just one thing it's it's a combination so you know and and I think the action is really where you're going to notice where you're going to notice your biggest learnings is in the doing right yeah. So you can sit here and listen all day long and read as many books as you like. But if you don't actually act and actually do something, you know, and like I said before, sprinkle a little bit of risk on there, just a measured risk and, and take some actions and informed, informed actions. That's really where you're going to get the, the, the learnings. And um, when you do things that potentially don't work out, it's a lesson. And so I don't always think that mistakes are a bad thing. I think as long as you don't keep repeating them, you learn from them and that's how you grow and that's how you move on. So, so I'm really sort of saying to people is, is don't be afraid to take that first step and, and help is out there for you, but you've got to kind of meet halfway with us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now what's the worst that could happen? You stay where you are. And yeah, having, having a natural curiosity for life and wanting to move forward gets understand things better and I'm very much a a person like that as well if I don't know something I'll usually start with a book or I'll talk to someone or you'll you know do a an an internet search so there's so much information out there and I think part of the issue though is that that's actually what what holds a lot of people back there is so much out there Mm. you're getting sold stuff left right and center what if it what what it's real and what's actually going to be useful and so I think in a way it's also understanding yourself more so doing that self-development work so that you can then discern from a lot of that you know oh yeah no this actually is going to help me or this this resonates with me so I can start to use the intuition side of it to to get an understanding or a feel that it's going to to benefit you know I can actually see myself taking those steps or taking that action so yeah no all all wonderful wonderful things um but yeah so no money is definitely a journey it's 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 probably more self-development than anything else and then the physical money is just the the numbers in a bank account or the numbers in a portfolio at the end of it that you go oh okay after a while it they don't matter quite so much it's the way you're living your life on the way that's that's very important 
Absolutely. And I think you have to, it's not, it's not about the money. Like it's easy to sit here and say it's not about money, but it's, it's, if, if that's all you're focused on, that's, you're going to make money and lose money and you're never going to be able to hang on to it. But if you've got a bigger purpose and a bigger why, like, why do you want to do this? What, what, how would your life look if you had um, unlimited resources? You know, well, how could you make a, a difference in someone else's life? You know, because if if you think about that hierarchy of needs, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy, if we're just stuck in survival, we can't actually grow as a person and make changes not only within ourselves, but we can't make changes for others. And so that was always a goal of mine was not to just accumulate money for the sake of accumulating it, but it was Mm -hmm. so that I could feel comfortable in who I was and where I am and be able to then share that and help others to do the same and not just sit here in, you know, because I'm worried that I'm not going to have a roof over my head or worried that I can't put food on the table um, and just the basics. So having the basics covered is so crucial for so many people and they're caught up in that because that's a real thing for them. It's a real, mm-hmm. it's a real struggle, you know, and just making ends meet. And so yeah. we want to be able to um, move beyond that when we can because we've got a bigger purpose everybody's got such a a bigger purpose as to why they're here in this human form you know so and what we can do with that so I'm I my goal is to empower people to be able to move from from that to something that's more evolved and is more meaningful for their life you know and it's a it's a gradual process and it's a journey And um, you have to have that why, though. You have to have a why am I doing this? What is it that I want to create other than I want to live in a nice house or I want to drive a nice car? That's great. That's all fine. But Mm. usually when you peel back the layers, there's more to it for people than than just those things. Yeah. Yeah. You be be the change you want to see in the world. Um, And then then quite often what happens is like, oh, it's about the children. It's like, yeah, but eventually the children will grow up and they'll, they'll live their own lives. So it has to be bigger than just that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to set up a foundation that helps end world hunger. It doesn't even have to be that grand, but it has to be something that you can you can kind of almost put on your wall and go, yep, today I feel really sluggish. I don't have inspiration. But then when I look at that and I'm going, oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. This is more important than, you know, the amount of sleep that I didn't have because I went to bed too late watching, I don't know, Netflix or whatever. Yeah. So let's, okay. let's power on and, um, and get this done. So, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, how how do people find find you and and your program? What's the best way for for them to to get that information? Um, yeah. So I'm on Instagram at cashflow underscore mastery. I also have a website cashflowmastery.com.au, and on there I have a course called the Empowerment Program, which I recommend to everybody <laughs> because it's amazing. And I know from the people that have already done the program how much of a difference it's made. So we look at everything from what are the financial success lessons? What are the basics that we need to get down pat? How do we um, how do we build that portfolio? How do we start saving? How do we know the difference between an asset versus a liability? Um, what are the habits and the mindset um, concepts that we need to look at to really gradually start to move towards that sort of success mind frame? Um, we look at our values, we look at um, the res- um, building financial resilience, and we have a program on debt um, busting. So that's a big mm-hmm. one for people, especially the younger generation. I find yeah, yeah. that, you know, it's really hard to get a start in life and, and buy your first car. And, you know, you might have some credit card debt, you might have gone overseas because we all love to travel. And you mentioned about their age. So um, 
paying off that debt is a really big thing for people. And I, I try to remind people that you don't need to have shame around your money. And it's not to be, it's not something that we, it's not a thing to judge, you know, everybody's at where they're at. And it's just a case of going, look, I just didn't have the information because as you mentioned, we're not taught this stuff in school. So that's why I've created this program because um, it's just such a needed resource. And so um, I have a program and they can come through and they can um, do it in their own time and we can have some live Q&As as well. So I'm always available to people. And I also offer a one-on-one coaching program um, where we really dive deep and, and really create some amazing outcomes for people. So, yeah. yeah. So if you want to get in touch, that's that's the best way to do it. Wonderful. And that's that's the beauty of all of this. Even though we're in similar industries, we do it in slightly different ways and we'll appeal to different people. So it's collaborating and, and growing that because the ultimate goal is the more people who know about this, the, the ripple effect will continue because then they'll be able to treat teach their children and then on and on and on. And then we won't be caught up in this cycle of, oh, we're so concerned about a you know, 0.85% interest rate. <laughs> Um, and then buy now, pay later is, is, is going, you know, through the roof. Like, no, 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 let's, let's figure out how to manage our savings and our debt and build in a measured way. Absolutely. So thank you, so thank you very, very much. And, um, yeah, check, check out Annette and Cashflow Mastery. And, um, yeah, good luck with your money journey. Thank you so much.